myself the luckiest man on the face of the earth. sitting at home truth be told it's the milwaukee brewers they crap the bed but they aren't the only ones to be beaten behind the woodshed there's tampa and toronto the dodgers on the ropes they better show up soon and it could have been the braves if it wasn't for harris but he stepped up and told the phillies we ain't done yet Welcome to the Long Gone Podcast. It's me, Michael, and with me, as always, is S-Man. What up? Steve Ford. How's it going, man? It's going. I'm, uh, Steve, Steve is under the weather today, <laughs> pushing yes, through. Yes, yes, I'm, pu- I'm pushing through. As you said, I'm like Cal Ripken right here. An Iron, Iron Man. Horse. Yep, yep. Iron yeah, horsing it up right here, so, uh. Uh, if you uh, talk to me and there's uh, delays, it could be that I passed away peacefully. At my desk, <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, before Gemma makes you buy one more thing off of that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> off, off the app store. Yeah, the app store. She like moved your finger to it. I was going like, to say, hey, yeah. Like, like, like what you said with George Harrison when they were trying to get like signatures or oh, that when, man. He was, when he was dying. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, he's like dying. He's just like barely. Yeah, it's like Gemma moves my hand to put to push the get button. <laughs> yeah, and bot. Oh man. Yeah, yo, S man's yeah. under the weather this week. He's got what COVID. You got some COVID. Yeah, this morning. so yeah, yeah. So COVID finally found me after uh, three years here. It uh, it knocked on my door and said, "You know what? It's your turn." So. Yeah, thankfully, uh, my daughter does not have it. So I think we were talking I about saw... a few weeks ago that you haven't got it before. Yeah, yeah, we were tempting fate. So if I sound a little muffly, it's because I have. Well, first of all, I'm congested, and B, I have a mask on. So Here what are you going to do, right? <laughs> what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Yeah, uh, you probably feel about as good as the people you sang about in Man. your opening song. I mean, the Brewers, Tampa, yeah. Toronto. Hello. Holy crap, dude. Baltimore now. Yeah. If you were on BovadaSportsBook.com and you were placing a bet <laughs> for any of these teams, which many have, I yeah. mean, a lot of these teams were heavy favorites going into it. You mm-hmm. would lose a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I agree. I mean, some people are talking about the playoff format and how the top seeds had all that time off and whether the time off uh, uh, served as a hindrance to them or what. But the fact of the matter is, they just, you know, they they did not show up, and uh, you know, Baltimore showed, uh, you know, they they definitely showed their youth in that uh, that series with uh, with Texas. There, I think Baltimore yeah. hadn't been swept since May. Yeah, and so what what a bad time for that to happen, right? <laughs> uh, well, you you hit the nail on the head, Steve. You said the youth was showed, and it did. I mean, yeah. you've seen it. I mean, they couldn't step up in big moments. Mm-mm. They couldn't get anything going. I mean, you've seen a few of their veterans kind of step up and try, but yep. a young pitching staff mixed with a young mm-hmm. group of position players and uh, with a few veterans sprinkled in, the success factor probably isn't going to be high. I mean, you and I, I think probably, and the Bavada people as well, and people mm-hmm. uh, betting on Bavada or any sports books for that matter probably we were all weren't thinking that the Orioles were going to just shit no. the bed completely I, I think no. um, a lot of us didn't take their youth 
into yep. consideration on this. Yep. Yep. Same thing with the Dodgers, man. I mean, this is just uh, to, to have Clayton Kershaw go in game one and last a third of an inning and give up six runs. Yeah. You, you, you don't you don't see that, you know, and then you have. All right. Well, if Kershaw didn't have it, we'll put Bobby Miller in here. This guy's been lights out all season for us. Right. And then he craps the bed in game two. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't <laughs> you know? believe it. I couldn't believe it. Uh, I mean, it. We talked about Dave Roberts getting fired before, but it might be time to time time to visit that one and say, "All right, it might be time to uh, make a manager change." I don't know. Well, you and I they just seem to they seem to just not show up in the uh, the biggest of uh, of lights, you know. They've shown that this might be the end potentially. Mm-hmm. I mean, if they lose this series, this might be the end <laughs> of their dynasty run mm-hmm. or being in the mix every year. Because yep. I've said it for a while now. I mean, I think their pitching was going to be a problem, and yep, it's shown to be a that. problem. I mean, yep. it's. They just don't have the pitching to last. And I didn't think it would be this big of a problem. I thought they could at least get to the pennant, you know, the, mm-hmm. the NL, the NLCS. But yep. Arizona, which who is another <sighs> young team, just like the Orioles. I don't know. They're playing like they've been here a lot of many yeah. times. I just it's wild to me. Yeah. Yeah. They're looking like the team that the Dodgers should be looking like. It's, yeah. Like the role, roles have been reversed. The Dodgers bats have gone quiet. Mookie and and Freddie, you know, you guys got to wake up, or else yeah. you know, before you before you realize that your season's going to be over again here. So, and it's not like the Dodgers are ancient. I mean, they're no, they're not. They the got most of their of team, youth. yeah, they got a good mix of youth, and even their stars, Mookie and Freddie, are in their early thirties. So, exactly. we're not talking about aging veterans, other than maybe Clayton Kershaw, who's really not that old himself. No, he's in like his what mid thirties, mid thirties. So, <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, the back squad under Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly in, in team. I just I'm yep. incredibly just incredibly impressed what the Arizona Diamondbacks have been able to do just with this mix of youth and vets uh, have just been mm-hmm. not. I shouldn't say a miracle because they deserve to be here, but it was it's a rebuild. Kind of, it's it, a surprise. It is a surprise. I just never thought that their rebuild. I mean, if you were to tell me three years ago that they would be in this position they are now, I would have mm-hmm. said you're full of shit. Even last year, I just thought right. they're just, I think I even mentioned that the rebuild wasn't going great. And yeah, I was very much wrong because yep. I mean, remember those trades we made with the Tigers when they got rid of JD and I do. Yep. and all that. Yep. And we, we were just laughing at the Diamondbacks because we're just like, yeah, there's this team is going to be in purgatory forever. Mm-hmm. Little did they know they were building a winner <laughs> Exactly. Under under the radar, I just it surprises me, and I just very very happy for him. Yeah, yeah, I know that if uh, it was April at this point, and you're going on Bavada to uh, to pick the Diamondbacks to go as far as they have so far, you'd probably be uh, getting yourself a little uh, little bundle of money right there. At least to get out of the first round, it's crazy. Oh, especially get out of the first round right now. They're about they're about a one oh eight win, a plus one oh eight right now okay. in the betting, and they yep. play tonight, which. Yep. This could be it. I mean, it's Lance Lynn it, versus man. Brandon Fayad. I, it's P-F-A-A-D-T. I think it's like Fod. I sound like a stutter doing that. Five, 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 five. Today, Junior. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the, the the run lines are looking really good. It's hard not to pick the Diamondbacks going into this. But coming, come, I'm not even the Dodgers, man. I mean. Mm-hmm. Can't you, count you, them out, man. Can't you, count them out. You can't count them out. And I think at the same time, at, up until... The other day, I thought the Braves were going to be in the same scenario. Yep. Because I was like, oh, yeah. here we go. And then oh, the Braves t- were left for dead, man. Bro, <laughs> I just, and arguably one of the greatest postseason endings of all time, Michael Harris Holy Jr. Cow. 
just and yeah. I, 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 I'm bummed I didn't see that in real time. Did so you I see heard that? It, real time? I heard I heard it in real time. So I was putting Gemma to bed, and uh, you know, if you know the layout of my house, Gemma's room is just down the hall from the living room. Yeah. So I had you know, the door open. I could still hear the game, and I was reading her stories, and all of a sudden I heard the announcer on there uh, just going crazy, and I was like. I'll be right back. <laughs> and I got there yeah. just at the tail end when they doubled off uh, Harper. So I was like, holy cow. That was, yeah, that was it, crazy. It was incredible. I mean, Harper totally did not That's judge crazy. that too well. Yep. yep. The fact that Michael Harris, the second, I guess, was able to make the catch <laughs> on the run and yep. then blindly just chuck it in chuck it. Yep, to the infield. That was a Willie Mays type play. It was. It was, man. But it was a it was a game clincher. That was the end yep. of the game, which that was it. Man, it was just fantastic. Now seeing the the rest of the postseason, who in your eyes is probably the best team right now in the postseason? I mean, I'm gonna say it. Uh, this is a team I thought was left for dead. I'm gonna go with Texas. Yeah, I'm the I mean, same way. Like, what the I mean, fuck is going and, on with and, Texas? And the rich get richer here. They got a good chance. Uh Scherzer might be giving it a go here in the uh the CS here. Yeah. So. Yeah, what, I, what? Te- Texas is uh, on a roll. They haven't lost yet, I don't think. They haven't lost no, yet. They're five, five straight. Five straight. So. They're already in the ALCS yep. awaiting their opponent, which, I mean, I'm giving Minnesota props even. Minnesota's putting up a fight. Minnesota, hey, hey, they won a playoff series for the first time since, what, 2003? Right, right. Uh, they yeah. won a, Not only did they win a playoff season, a series, but yeah. they went out to a, what, a, like a 1-0 lead against Houston. They went out to, yeah, they went to Houston and then, yeah. And took took care of business and uh, at least got the split there to uh, to head home now. Yeah, uh, they're on the ropes right now. I think they're down two games to one. They're, yep, yep. Uh, game four is that tonight? Game four is tonight. Uh, yeah. I'm looking at it. Yeah, I believe game four is tonight. Yeah, game four is tonight around seven yeah. o'clock. Okay. And it looks to be good, man. I mean, you got That's Joe Ryan credit. versus Jose Urquidy, and yep, yep. I, I mean, I. I I, I look at Minnesota. I mean, they were, uh, you know, the the lone over 500 team in the AL Comedy Central. So not many people were giving them much of a chance here coming into the uh, playoffs. They thought they'd get ousted in the first round. We'll call it a day. But mm-hmm. they proved uh, after, you know, knocking out uh, uh, Toronto to say, all right, you know what? We're here and we can compete with those teams in the East and, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and in the West. And, and we're not just going to roll over here because we're in a crap ass division. So, you know. Uh, ma- major major props for them for uh, for making a series with uh, with Houston here. I completely agree, and it just goes to show maybe the regular season doesn't show what teams can do when they nope. get into the postseason. I guess that's the same for any sport. I mean, I've seen teams go on absolute fucking runs in the postseason. Mm-hmm. I mean, a testament to that's the Phillies, even right, right. Look at the Phillies did last year. Nobody thought yep. they would get to the World Series. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. You know, sometimes you just get these surprise teams. And I think that the 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 balance of the schedules has really helped out, you know, because it used to be, you know, Minnesota or Cleveland or whomever in the AL Central would rack up a bunch of wins. And you'd think the team was better than what they actually were because they were basically playing the AL Central all the time. Yeah. But now that, you know, they're playing everybody, uh, you know, it shows that they they can compete with these uh uh, with, with with these other teams. So, yeah, I, I agree. The hardest road to toe, I think, is going to be. Probably the Dodgers because they're down two yep. zero, and yeah, I that... think they're just hoping to to get a win tonight because if they do that, then Kurt, they can give Kershaw another chance in Game Four, and then hopefully Bobby Miller bounces back in Game Five. But you're saying you got to win three in a row because the best of five. Row, Ugh. I mean, that's the odds are really against you. <laughs> but two, two of them are in uh, in Arizona. There, so yeah, yep, yeah. that's exactly it, man. And 
going against their pitching staff. I just, yeah. boy, at this point, I, I, I think the whole thing screwed up because so our original rundown man was going to be because we did the same thing last year. Are we yep. doubling down Double or down. <laughs> or changing our pick? And we were going to yeah. do that. But then looking at ever, just how bad our predictions uh, have oh turned out. God. Yeah, I haven't done this bad since sometimes when I when Same. I do March Madness. You know, this is a uh, oh yeah, yeah, pathetic on my part. You know, <laughs> I, I think I remember your text you sent through. You're like, man, I'm uh, over right now, and I think yeah. you and I ended the first round with like one win. Yeah, we each got one one team. I think we each got Houston. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Yeah. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's fucking Houston. And then now it's it's a crapshoot. I thought the Dodgers would be making a run like. Easy way to the World Series or or Atlanta, mm-hmm. and right now Atlanta. We'll see tonight. Atlanta is going against Aaron Nola, who right now, okay. right now Aaron Nola is going to start for the Phillies, and we're going to see what he does in Game Three here. But if the okay. Phillies win, I think they got the momentum. Oh yeah, I I agree. I mean they they got what they needed in Atlanta. They got the split. You know, it would have been nice if they you know got the first two, but they got the split they needed. And now mm-hmm. if they just take care of business at home, they'll be okay. Yeah. Right. You know, then again, the Braves have won what 111 games or something yeah. like that. 104 yeah. games, yeah. So yeah, you can't count them out. So yeah, what do they call it? It's not a it's not a sprint. It's a marathon in baseball. Yep. Exactly. So exactly. it just shows. Say the Diamondbacks do round it out, or the Phillies, or whatever. It's they were the team that just could last. There's teams that just peter out. Yep. Who just don't have the stamina to keep going, and we've seen that Toronto. We've seen that with Tampa Bay. I mean, Tampa Bay was kind of stumbling to that finish line anyway. Oh, yeah. The whole the whole Wander Franco thing and everything that was going Clanahan on. Clanahan going down. And- yeah. And the fact that their team or their fans just don't show up at all for a postseason yeah. game. Well, they have 19,000 for the first two yeah. games there for that sweep, mm-hmm. you know, per, per game. I mean, unbelievable. Come you on. need that. You need that extra. They're considered, you know, how football has, they call it the 12th man, which is yep. the, the fans. Well, that's kind of yep. what they need they need the 10th man they need that guy they need that those fans to really help win and i've seen that take advantage in the in the postseason where i remember seeing clayton kershaw getting rocked and Mm -hmm. and i remember seeing people like minnesota i mean minnesota's fans just going behind you know going behind them and uh texas and i I don't know man it's just you're seeing we're seeing a very weird playoff picture transform here and in the end i mean we could be looking at houston in the final four could be houston and texas the battle of texas and the al and then in the in the nl right now it's looking like arizona and i don't know who to go for for philly and atlanta at this time (laughs) yeah man it's uh yeah it's definitely uh different than what i expected so which is good different is you know it's not a bad thing so it's nice to get new blood in there because i've i've always said you don't win with you don't win with Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager. I'm still going to stay behind that, but I I am eating my words a little bit because Corey Seager has had a phenomenal (laughs) fucking year when he wasn't injured. Right, right. Had a phenomenal year, and in the postseason, he just looks different in a good way. He's, I remember when they when they took the series last night against Mm -hmm. Baltimore, everybody's there's people going nuts, but you see Corey Seager just walking to the pile, just a smirk on his face. Yep. Like business isn't done yet. Yep. Yeah. He's he been there before with the, with the Dodgers. Yeah. He, yeah. Know, he knows what to do. We're going to know what to do though. Uh, <laughs> Craig council. I mean, you, uh, you, we were talking about him, uh, his contracts up at the end of this year. Right. So they got ousted brewers. Yeah. And, uh, I think his future could be very well up for grabs, whether it's going to continue in, uh, Milwaukee or, like we talked about and, and my hot take of 
wouldn't he be a fun fit for the Mets? You know, well, he's I guess what makes this fire burn even brighter, putting more gas mm-hmm. in the fire is he's not talking about it. Really? Wow. So he's okay. not talking about his future, which to me that signals that either he wants a shit ton of money yep. or he wants changes. And if he went if he does change, Steve, the way mm-hmm. I would look at that situation is that to me is signaling that the Brewers have gone as far as they could go. They Not can. just with him, but with yep. that team. Because yep, sometimes the team right, right. Sometimes the team just flatlines. Yep. And yep. the Brewers just for the last I'd say handful of years, they've done so well in the central, but they just can't mm-hmm. get over that yep. hump. Right, right. Yeah. I mean they had the their closest sniff of it was a few years back when they got the, I think, game seven of the NLCS, but yep. couldn't get over the hump against the Dodgers. But you know, that's yep. as far as they've been able to get. Other than that, it's been disappointing playoff exits, you know, very much so and early ousting. So and you can't really I don't know if you could say that's because of Craig Council. I think he has done he has put a, together a great staff. He's mm-hmm. between with Corbin Burns and Brandon yep. Woodruff and and this team. They're just they're really good. They didn't have to rely on Christian Yelich like they did the first couple of years. Right, right. And now I think the Mets would be a good landing spot. Um I, looking at a couple of other landing spots, I'm sure the Pirates would want him, but he wouldn't want to go to the Pirates. He would want to go with a team that's kind of ready to win, right? Because you got to figure, away. right? That's that's exactly it, and yep. you got to figure somebody in his position. He's already and and the Brewers are there, but like what I said, the flat line. It's maybe he felt like he could he can't do any more with this team. So right. What's that next fresh step? Blood in there. Yeah, yeah kind of like how Dusty Baker got hired by the the Astros. They were ready to win, yep. or they were still winning. And yep. he just took over and they just win more. So mm-hmm. I wonder if he would look at a position like that, like say maybe Seattle. Seattle could be a good Ooh, landing yeah. spot for him. But I wouldn't go any lower than those kind of teams. Like I wouldn't dare touch the Angels. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't dare touch the Cardinals because the Cardinals, I feel like, yep. are going to. I think Oliver Mormoyle's done. Yep. And, and and the Cardinals are very good. I think they could use somebody like Craig Council. But mm-hmm. I just, Craig Council, one, probably doesn't want to go on the same division again. And I just don't <laughs> yeah. think he might. And it depends on how he considers that team, if he thinks they have potential to win or not. But yep. the Giants, I don't think, are going to be ready for a little while yet. So I can see Bob Melvin said he's staying with the San Diego Padres. Okay. I think your prediction's almost right spot on, dude. It's between yeah. the Mets or, or here's, the Brewers here, up. <laughs> here's my here's my hot take. Oh, boy. Here right? we go. Here's right. my hot take. The Yankees. They fire Ooh. Brett. They fire. They fire Aaron Boone. They fire bring in Aaron Craig Boone. Council. Man, okay. They bring in Craig. Think Council. he can handle it? Well, I mean, we talked about him with the Mets. He's got to handle those bright lights in New York. Yeah, Man, that'd be interesting. Yeah, I, I think the Mets or the Yankees would look good for him, yeah. just because I, I'm not saying the Yankees are ready to win, but the Yankees have never stayed in the cellar too long. They usually can bounce no. back pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. they have a good. They, I, I kind of like their team. I think they just need to retool it more. I really don't think yep. Aaron Boone's the guy there. Yep, yep. But I mean, Craig Council is a player. He's played for the Dodgers, right? I mean, yep. that's a that's a big market club. Big market. Yep. So I don't know. I, I can see it. him going to a New York team would make the most sense. Yeah. Get your bets in on Bavada right now, right? <laughs> I mean, I would. I mean, if you were going for coaches, right? If you were saying, well, let's who are we thinking? On Bavada would be a coach pick, mm-hmm. the first to get to sign with a bigger team or to to 
to quit or, or not quit, but move on. I, yeah, Craig Council would be Craig it. And right you would have to say a New York team because I just don't see. I I don't know, because San Francisco, they fired Gabe Kapler, but I think they're going to either hire within mm-hmm. or they're going to go for a young like another younger coach or. I, no, I don't see this happening. I was going to say bring bring back Bruce Bochy if Texas gets out. But nah, I think, Texas, I think yeah. Bruce Bochy really happy. likes it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he's liking what he's doing in Texas. And it's hard to go back to a team where you've had all the success because what if you don't have that same success when you come back? It, it kind of sours your taste on that team the next go around, you know? Right. And I'm sure he left because <clears throat> he probably felt stagnant. He probably felt mm-hmm. as... Um, is there he done more, everything he could do. Yeah, yep. like complacent. He he was sitting yep. there. Well, I've done all I can do. I really made this team a winner, and yep. I wouldn't want to go back. Right? I mean, it's I Mm-mm. would want to stay to the mission at hand. And Texas look is looking very good for the future. So yeah, yeah, uh, agreed. Yeah, man. Uh, Craig Council. I, that's going to be the hot coach, hot manager out in the season. Mm-hmm. He's gonna say no. He, he, there's no way he goes to Pittsburgh or some of these lesser no. known teams. He's definitely. I just feel like a New York team would scoop him up. He, I think he would look better for the Mets. Mm-hmm. But the Yankees is interesting, too, just because I just don't <laughs> see their loyalty. There's blind loyalty to Aaron Boone, who hasn't done yeah. anything. <laughs> really? <laughs> Time for Steinbrenner to step up and pull a Jerry bus. Well, yeah, you know, well, that's be been like, a knock on him, right, Steve? I mean, that's yeah. pretty... Uh, the not, knock on Steinbrenner is... Uh, Go ahead. Not, not like his dad That's at exactly all. it. You know, yep. he, he, he has a little more loyalty than... uh than his dad, you know, and is not as quick on the draw to fire people. Yeah. And I, and I think this organization needs George Steinbrenner, not Hal Steinbrenner. Yep. Yep. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Especially with the young, you have somebody in Aaron judge, who's a game changer Mm -hmm. and you don't lock him up for forever. Yeah, You only have him for so many years before he's out of his prime. So right Mm -hmm. now is the time to really put him in the best position to help you. Yep. Yeah, and Cole. Yeah, yeah, totally nope. forgot about Garrett Cole. So, nope. so. <laughs> in celebrating postseason, Steve came up yes. with something that I think would be actually pretty dope. Yeah, Michael Harris had one of the best endings to a playoff game in a long time. Yeah, yeah. obviously saved the Braves' season potentially. This week we'll rank our favorite postseason endings. I think that it's a good time to bring this out because there has been over the decades of baseball, there's been many endings to games in the postseason that have been mm-hmm. mind-blowing there's always been great plays you can say your willie Mays's catch right right and, right and certain things where you're just wow that what a what a great game this is but i i you and i this mm-hmm. week are going to name our top five best endings yes so, not so much i mean they could be series endings but just game endings in general not right, necessarily right. the best, but our favorites. So yeah. uh, kicking it off, Steve, with number five, what is your number five, starting number five, best postseason ending, in your opinion? So I went with uh, something that encapsulated the entire game, and I went with Roy Halladay's no-hitter in uh, game one as uh, his Phillies debut in the 2010 NLDS. Halladay is one strike away, the 0-2, a bouncer, Ruiz. I mean, what a way to uh, kick things off. I think there's only been two two no hitters in uh in postseason history. You know, you got your uh was it your Whitey Ford and then your you know Roy Halladay pitched the uh, the no hitter. So 
I just thought that was great, you know, to really kick kick the playoffs off. It's his playoff debut, and to do something like that, he really uh, hit the ground running. And uh, you know, it was it was it was it was cool to watch. I remember watching the uh, the last outs uh, uh, as at Founders with some friends, and uh, we had the game on, and it was just yeah, cool and uh, good good on uh, Roy Holiday. So Roy Holiday's uh, no hitter in Game uh, One of the 2010 NLDS for the Phillies. The late, great Roy Halliday. Yeah, one of the best uh, moments there of all time. Uh, mine, number five, I'm going with something recent. I'm going with yesterday. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> there we with go. Michael Harris, the second catch and throw to end game two of the this year's uh, NLDS. He deals a 2-2. Castellanos in the air to right center field. Harris is on the run. Harris at the track. He leaps and he makes the catch. Harper might be doubled up. The throw gets away. The throw to first. It's over. Wasn't a series clincher, but it could have saved the series for the Braves. And one thing, you know, a lot of the endings that we have, they're probably going to be a lot of walk-offs because those right. are always very, always very fun, interesting, yep. and the crowd loves them. And that's the stuff you remember the most. But when you do have those certain defensive plays that make or break a series, a game, a moment in time, it's just, you just can't stop thinking about it. You... You love it. It's the buildup, the hype, the excitement, and watching what Michael Harris II did with the catch and the throw in to double up Bryce Harper for the for the last out. I mean, his hat was all fucking cocked. <laughs> he just he looked disheveled after that because he gave yep. everything he could for that final play. Mm-hmm. He hustled his ass off. He he literally did everything he could to catch and make that throw back, and the catch was just as impressive as the throw. So yep. my number five is Michael Harris II's catch in Game Two of this year's NLDS for my possible game ending. Steve, what do you got for number four? Ah, uh, so piggybacking what you said, it just is up a spot for me. Uh, Michael Harris uh, the second his uh, catch and throw to to end uh, Game Two of the 2023 NLDS for you know everything that you said about it. Just. Uh, you know, the, the the presence. Uh, you know, I watched in slow mo. It's not like he was going up against a very padded wall as one of those you know chain link fence type walls with the pads. Uh, you know, sporadically in there. So you know to get in there, get that, and then just have the presence of mind still to turn and and chuck it into the infield and give a good throw so that the uh, the cutoff guy can throw it to first base and finish it up. It was just it was unbelievable and you know something I haven't been gotten tired of uh, watching replays up. So, uh, yeah, Michael Harris, the second, he just comes in for me at a a notch higher at number four. Number four for me, we've said this before on our show. I believe we have it at the beginning of our show in our our intro is Bill Buckner's blunder to end game six of the 1986 World Series. Little roller up along first, behind the bag. It gets through Buckner. Nope. I mean, what can you say? I mean, unfortunately, Bill Buckner passed away, and this is yeah. the thing he's remembered for the most, which really sucks. There was right back in the early 1900s, there was a Merkel Merkel's boner, they called it, where he <laughs> missed a, a pop fly, yeah, uh, for the Giants' defeat there in a World Series, and that, mm. and he never lived it down. I think it was even on his fucking tombstone. And, and yeah. Bill Buckner is the same way. Just went right between his legs. He kind of he anticipated it, mm-hmm. but he didn't really keep his head down to look right. at the he ball. Was looking up, yep. He took he, his eye off the ball at the last second. Exactly, really. exactly. Yeah. And went right between his legs. Stayed in in the foul grounds, 
And that brought in Ray Knight, and that was the end of the game. And we remember that glorious call. And the Mets yeah. win it, and that kind of catapulted yep. them to win the rest of the because they had another game, and they ended up game taking the series. Yep. And that was just a beautiful end to a game. And when I say beautiful, it's because it was so good for the Mets and so bad for the for the Red Sox. And that was just another mm-hmm. thing up until 2004. Yeah. And it was just it was beautiful in the sense that it kept the curse going for the yeah. Red Sox but it kept the Mets alive because the Mets up until then didn't win a world series since 69, the miracle Mets. Yeah. So this was just uh, a great sports moment that we'll yep. remember for forever. So my number four is bill Buckner's error. Steve, what do you got for number three? Uh, it's almost like we're piggybacking each other here. Uh, Buckner. Uh, yeah. Uh, he comes in for me at number three, that, uh, that blunder. Um, I, I like, you know, it's such, such a, a uh, you know, terrible way to end a game. And, you know, you know, he felt terrible about it because he was usually a pretty good sure-handed uh, first baseman yeah. and, and defender in general. But, you know, it was good that near the end of his life that he was able to come back to Boston and they were able to embrace him again. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, obviously that weighed on him considerably throughout the, uh, you know, the rest of his life after that. But just a, uh, an unbelievable ending uh, that, that, that bottom of the inning there, you know, Boston had the, uh, the champagne and they were putting up the, the plastic stuff and they, in the, uh, the duck or in the uh, clubhouse there. And they quickly had to rush and get everything, uh, everything out of there, uh, uh, after, you know, Buckner's, uh, blunder there. So just, uh, an unbelievable ending definitely catapulted the Mets. They definitely had the, uh, momentum after that to win game seven and, and take the series. So yeah, uh, Bill Buckner comes in for me at number three. Yeah. You got a feel for the guy and that's cool that they yep. had kind of a homecoming for him, but you know, in the mm-hmm. back of his mind, it's always going to be that, right. It's always yep, going to be exactly. that one fucking moment. So that's, yep. that's really, especially now he's passed and it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's just sad, but um, yeah. my number three is yeah. something that doesn't get talked about enough. And I'm surprised. And I think it's because it was during an era where the Yankees were just King. Remember the 98 Yankees and beyond. I mean, it just this kind of put a stop to the Yankees momentum. And that's Luis Gonzalez's walk off single in game seven to win it of the 01 World Series. And yeah, I mean, that kind of, you know, the Yankees were, were Kings for that end of the 90 or end of the nineties and the early two thousands, they just kept winning. And, and that kind of, like you said, put a, a stop to it and they couldn't get over the hurdle. You know, they came back in a 2003 and lost again and, and they just couldn't get, you know, get over the hurdle. And that was kind of the, the start of that was that Luis Gonzalez uh, walk-off single, you know, and it going off of Rivera and yeah. they were watching that game and, and I, I didn't think the Diamondbacks uh, stood a chance on that, but to, to pull it off, I was extremely pleased with it because the Yankees were just winning everything at that point. So, and it not only killed their momentum, but one thing that kind of bums me out is it's not a moment you hear a lot about. Mm-mm. You d- and it's and it should be talked about because it was the deciding game. Yep. yep. So, and speaking of Craig Council, I mean Craig Council was in <laughs> yeah. that game. He was he on was. base for the Diamondbacks. I think he got hit by Mariano Rivera, if I remember right. <laughs> And that's how he got on to load the bases. Yeah. And then Luis Gonzalez, Gonzalez, a former Tiger. I was going to say former Tiger, Luis Gonzalez. Yeah. yeah and I liked him <laughs> for the Tigers. He, uh, he, you know, he hit this weak little <laughs> floater over Jarek Jeter, who was actually pushed in. 
he he, he kind of came in to kind of play the situation a little different. So he kind of came in not under not realizing that uh, in today's okay. the shift would have been different. But yeah, he played mm-hmm. it too far in. The Gonzalez hit the Gonzalez hit the floater over his head, and it barely touched the outfield grass. And then J Bell <laughs> comes in for the winning run, and yeah. and I just remember Luis Gonzalez holding holding his arms up in the air, yeah. pouncing up and down, running to first base, and that's <laughs> a beautiful moment in Arizona 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 Diamondbacks history, and one. Yeah that will go in one of the all time. So that is my number three. Uh, number two for me, I'm going to go with, uh, with Carlton Fisk and, and that walk off home run in uh, game six of the 75 world series against the, uh, the big red machine there, uh, the Cincinnati reds. There it goes. A long drive. If it stays fair, home run. And just, you know, his body language to will it to, uh, to, to, to stay fair. And, and I remember hearing Johnny bench, you know, he, he was, uh, cause this was extra innings and I can't remember who the Reds had in, but Johnny was warming the guy up and he was like, you could see the guy had nothing left in the tank. He's like, we got no shot here. This is, yeah. this is going to end quickly. And sure enough, this gets up there and just takes care of business, but they couldn't pull it out in, uh, in, in game seven and the, the, the Reds still took care of business and won the World Series, but still a, a cool moment for uh, for Boston there in that in that World Series with Carlton Fisk. So he comes in for me at number two. The beautiful moment, the waving it fair, yeah. it will always go down in history. And it's been, I mean, that moment has been played in movies. It's been played mm-hmm. in documentaries. It's when you go back in the baseball films, it's always going to be ingrained in our minds. And that's what makes that kind of a really beautiful ending and yep. moment uh, for yep. me. It's another Yankees killer, man. And some say it's <laughs> arguably the best walk-off in history. I mm-hmm. I don't have it as the best walk-off in history, but damn well close. And that's mm-hmm. uh, Bill Mazarowski's walk-off home run in Game 7 again and... of the Yankees' defeat, and this time in 1960, in the 1960 series. Interesting. I think this moment, I've never seen one moment catapult a player into Hall of Fame more than it yeah. did for Bill Mazarowski. Well, lifetime bat- batting average is like two something, like low two. Yeah, it's 260. There we go. Yeah. yeah two, you and I rattled this off a long time ago. So 260, <laughs> he has a little over 2,000 hits, 853 runs batted in, and 138 home runs. I'm sorry. How's this guy the fucking really? <laughs> His numbers aren't good. He has the accolades. He's an eight-time gold glove guy, so you can right. tell he probably got in because of his glove, two-time yep. World Series champion, and a 10-time All-Star, which is wild that he was... Their second base must have just not just had a lot horrendous. of good players. Yeah. yeah. And Bill Mazarowski, in the NL anyways, was mm-hmm. the only guy going in. And he's still alive. He's only 87 years only. He wow. is 87 years old, okay. but I've never seen a moment catapult a player into the Hall of Fame more than this moment. And at that time, I mean, it, the Yankees were a powerhouse, man. And mm-hmm. they stayed a powerhouse after that. I mean, everybody remembers the the Mantle Maris in 61 and just yep. how the Yankees were great. And that lineup was one of the all-time best. And yep. I think this pissed them off enough, right? This was a pissed <laughs> off it. moment yep. for them. And congrats for the Pirates at that time. Roberto Clemente winning his, I think this was his only World Series, if I was. He won again. Uh, oh, the 71. Yeah, yeah 71. that's right. 71. Yeah. Yep. So, because I always feel like he died in seventy, but no, he um, yep. yeah, he won uh seventy two, 
72, I, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So, and this was a time where he was younger. He was still arguably Oof. one of the better players on the team, but he, yeah, it, Bill Mazarowski's Batman catapulted them to the win. And that and you got to figure that moment just to <laughs> not only beat the Yankees, because you're at that time, you're just, you're Pittsburgh, right? You're just a hard working class team. And then you go to the Yankees who are just America's team. Yep. And to defeat them off a of year bat is has to be a special moment. So for me, number two is Bill Mazarowski's home run in 1960. Nice. Uh, for me, at uh, number one is a uh, another walk off to uh, to win a World Series, and that would be uh, Joe Carter. Yeah. Uh, his walk off in I believe Game Six of the 1993 World Series capped off uh, uh, back to back World Series championships for uh, for Toronto. There, two balls and two strikes on it. Here's the pitch on the way, a swing and a belt. Left field, way back, Blue Jays win it! The Blue Jays are World Series champions as Joe Carter hits a three-run home run in the ninth inning, and the Blue Jays have repeated as World Series champions. Touch them all, Joe. You'll never hit a bigger home run in your life. I just remember watching that game. I was uh, I was I was home homesick. I had the puke bucket next to me and uh uh, every so often would fall asleep and then wake up and see parts of the game. And I woke up just at the, uh, the right time to, to see Joe Carter, uh, walk it off. And, and, you know, the announcers say, touch them all, Joe, you'll never hit a, uh, you know, bigger, bigger one than that. So, uh, just a, a cool, cool way and a, a walk off home run to the winter world series is, uh, is always a great thing. So Joe Carter comes in for me at number one, especially when we can remember those times. I think that's mm-hmm. why. Something like Luis Gonzalez's walk-off uh, single, yep. and then obviously uh, Joe Carter's home run—that's stuff that you and I remember. Yeah, exactly. And, exactly. and that's why I think that's why we put Michael Harris a second because we don't because a lot of these that we're putting in here for the endings, uh, we yep. weren't alive, right? And nope, nope. Our we parents clips, can remember yeah. this and, exactly. And in terms of my number one, is my grandparents would remember this. My number one is is the beginning of our show. It's one of the mm-hmm. best calls of all time. The shot heard around the world, the 1951 Bobby Thompson's walk off to, uh, for the Giants win the pennant over and over. It catapulted them to the series when yep. everybody, when you think of your baseball fans, know they could, they know the player that hit it. They know yep. the player that he hit it off of the Ralph Branca. Everybody knows yep. that. And exactly. it just, it was just a magical time because in, in this time it was kind of, um, well, in a, in a way it was the last kind of hurrah, right. For, yep. for New York baseball in terms of the big three, Brooklyn and, and, and the, and the, Brooklyn Dodgers and the New York Giants ended up moving yep. not too long after. So this was kind of the last hurrah for all Giants fans in, yeah. in the East Coast. And I thought with Bobby Thompson hitting it and the guy didn't really have this great career to to mention. Right. But can you can you be imagine? Can you imagine being that guy? That's what you're remembered Oof. for. You have one guy in Bill Buckner who's going to be remembered for that. <laughs> And then you have mm-hmm. another guy who's going to be remembered for something great as the shot heard around the world. So, yep. Um, I, I always thought this was one of the best endings of all time, and I think the call was just as famous as the moment. 
Agreed. Agreed. And I think that's what makes it even probably the greatest in my mind. And mm-hmm. uh, and another thing I think is cool is just the 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 mystic of it, the mis, uh, mm-hmm. mystery of it all. Nobody knows what happened to that ball, right? So mm-hmm. that ball could be sitting in a dump, disintegrated, or it could be oh, sitting man. in somebody's basement right now. We yep. have no idea what happened to that fucking ball. Yeah. yeah. And that's just beautiful. And, uh, and Ernie Harwell was on the TV broadcast, I believe, that that day for the uh, the Giants, and his broadcast was was lost or what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so you know, he's he's like, I was on the call too. They just uh, did not uh, keep a copy of my call. So, well, and if and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Steve, wasn't his mm-hmm. call the national broadcast call? Yes, yes, he was on for he was on uh, uh, doing the Giants side for the uh, for the national broadcast. Yep, yep. So okay, so and I and I believe that was. In New York, I, I believe that was the one that people would tune into. Obviously, Dodger fans listen to theirs, but I think the national right. broadcast, yeah, mm-hmm. like you, yeah, was Ernie Harwell. But it was just, I think I remember you telling me that when we were talking about Ernie before on the show, you said that mm-hmm. Ernie just called it like a regular call. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't anything big out of it. Just, yeah, you know, it was like there wasn't. You know, I, I didn't go crazy or anything. It's just I called it like a regular home run call. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Or the other dude just went. <laughs> well, he went. Oh, he went. He went nuts. Yeah, he went fucking nuts, man. So yeah, that was our. That's our. That's our. Our greatest endings that, in our opinion, of all time in a postseason, which they're each great, and I keep. I hope we keep having more like the Michael Harris the second one because those are just. That's what makes the game so exciting, and I love. You can't say baseball is not popular when you tune into these games and you could just hear the crowd noise than the fucking announcers. You know, well, that was fun, man. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I love how we both had walk off home runs to uh, to close things out for us. So yeah, those are usually the greatest moments. Yeah, when people think yeah. back, just because they're so fin- final, there's like a finale Ex- there. Exactly. I always exactly. like when we can go back in time and talk about baseball's history in the show because mm-hmm. I think that's what is my favorite thing about baseball is oh, the talking, history yeah. of it. Oh, I agree. I agree. So I like the birthday segments. Yeah, I mean, that's why. Yeah. It kind of just gives us a little clue. I've been playing this game on it's on baseball reference and it's called mm-hmm. the, it's called grids, the baseball okay. grids. And it's really cool. They give you nine grids and you got to I'll, I'll show it to you. It's going to be super addictive, but it's cool that they in this grids, they, they mix baseball's present with their past. And it's just a really cool kind of like kind of like a cool tip of the cap to both, you know, oh, both cool. generations. So shall we uh, head on over to collection corner? Let's do it. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Up this week for me is somebody I you go on Bavada and it's going to be all Texas between Mm -hmm. the Houston Astros and the Texas Rangers. And if you're on Bavada, I would say put everything you got against with Texas just because not 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 when they go against Houston, you know, (laughs) but I mean, that's a hard one. But I, I think one guy that makes the Bavada lines kind of up there more and keeps them in it are people like Simeon. But the guy that yep. is up this week in collection corner is a guy that is the reason why the Bavada sports lines are up. And that's Corey Seager. And he makes betters feel very good because he's a guy that can hit over 300. He hits for power, hits for average, and just an adamant professional. So he's up this week, $1.17. But that's a steady increase. His cards have been going up uh, every like weekly. So uh, it's up. A dollar and seventeen cents. That's a twelve point fifty five percent increase. Market price rate now sits around ten dollars and forty nine cents. Expect that to rise even more. This two thousand sixteen tops Chrome rookie card number one fifty. His twenty two tops Heritage and his two thousand sixteen Dunross 
black rated rookie card number 32. Now down, this was just today. Uh, it <laughs> probably will go up. It just, it always depends, right? Depends what the mm-hmm. team does. And um, it just, it just feels, but surprisingly it's Michael Harris, the second. And I don't see his cards being down very long. Yeah. Because that moment, but I think once that moment sl- sits with fans a little bit more, and if the Braves win this uh nlds i think it, it mm-hmm. will go up a little bit more but it's down 14 dollars and 55 cents that's a 63.70 percent increase market price right now sits around eight dollars and 29 cents there's 23 tops chrome number 79 is 23 allen and ginter silver portrait parallel and his 22 rookie card mint left metal red mojo are all up the dope name for a card <laughs> yeah. uh up up for me this week is actually uh the guy who uh who who hit the ball to Harris in the in game two, and that's Nick Castellanos. He's up two dollars and forty one cents, or an eighty seven point nine six percent increase to to a market value of five dollars and fifteen cents. Up cards includes two thousand twenty three tops tribute number fifty one, and it's two thousand eighteen tops gypsy queen number nineteen. Uh, down for me this week, surprisingly, is uh, going to Texas, and it's Adolis Garcia down five dollars and forty nine cents, or a seventy three point eight nine percent decrease to a market value of a Buck 94. Uh, down cards, ouch, include his uh, 2023 Tops uh, Series 2 Gold Foil number 601. And his 2022 Tops Chrome Red Refractor Auto number 25. Shall we get the candles out and celebrate a birthday? Let's do it. All right. It's a, a happy heavenly birthday to baseball great and Hall of Famer Joe Cronin, born on October the 12th of 1906. Um, Career batting average of 301, 2,285 hits, 170 home runs, and uh, 1,424 runs batted in. Had a pretty good managing career, winning 1,236 games. The player he played for the Pittsburgh Pirates to start his career, and then went to the Washington Senators for a chunk, and then closed it out with Boston or with the Boston Red Sox. That's where he spent the last decade of his career. Nice. As a manager, he was with Washington as a player manager. And also a player manager while he was with Boston uh, as well. Uh, he's a seven-time All-Star. Boston Red Sox number four is retired, a part of the Boston Red Sox Hall of Fame and the Washington Nationals Ring of Honor. He's inducted in the Hall of Fame in 1956 on his 10th ballot. A little trivia on him. He was a seven-time All-Star. Cronin became the first American League player to become an All-Star with two teams. Surprising, huh? There we go. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. Happy birthday to Joe Cronin. Oh, Joe Cronin. He's another one that kind of gets lost in history a little yes. bit. Because mm-hmm. there's been so many greats. But yeah, Joe Cronin, one of the goods, one of the good yeah. uh, heroes of the time. And then, um, yeah, get it, get it, Joe Cronin. <laughs> get it. Uh, before we sign off, who uh, yeah. your predictions here? Who do you think is going to win the Houston and Minnesota yeah. series? Well, if I was to go on Bavada and play some bets here, I'm going to go with, I think Houston has the momentum now. Um okay. They took their best shot from Minnesota, but you know they handled business in Game Three. I think they finished it off here in Game Four and uh, and move on to have the Battle of Texas in the ALCS. Mm-hmm. Um, what about I, I still? Yeah, I still be, I still believe in the Dodgers. Yeah, me too. Uh, un, until I see that twenty seventh out, I still think that they have what it takes. They have the players to come back and and win this thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be tough, but I still believe that they can do it. And I'm going to go with the uh, going to go with the Braves uh, over the Phillies. Yeah, I'm kind of the same way, man. I think uh, I, I never count Houston out. I nope. think you're going to see a miraculous all-time comeback by the Dodgers, and nope. 
I just the Braves are just too good to lose. I can't yeah. I can't <laughs> think that way yet. It's just it's wild uh-huh. and it's just wild to think about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh fun to watch though. Yeah, definitely well, definitely well. So that's a fucking show, guys. That is a show. Um, good show. Yeah, good show, good show. I mean, nothing but postseason going on. Next week, we'll be talking about the NLCS and the ALCS and mm-hmm. what happens in those. Super exciting. But in the meantime, guys, be well. Steve, you get well. Thanks, man. Yeah. We'll catch you guys <laughs> next week, and we'll hopefully have Steve here next week. <laughs> <laughs> I plan on it. Deuces. <laughs> the Iron Horse lives on. Yeah.